Welcome back to another episode here on Peter's Proffer in the courtroom of current events. And today we're talking about impeachment. We're going to talk about where it comes from. We're going to talk about what the process is. And then we're going to go through some of the presidents that have actually been impeached and then some other presidents that have been close to being impeached. So it's going to be a fun episode. Hopefully you learn something. Hopefully you enjoy it. Any topics you want to hear, you can find us on social media at Tragos Law and on our podcast page, Peter's Proffer. Um, you can also keep an eye out. I think it's through Facebook and Instagram. We're doing a bunch of different things for Amazon gift card giveaways for sharing posts or liking posts or whatever. So do some of that easy stuff for a chance to win. And for now, just enjoy the show. Okay, so today we're talking impeachment, um, not long after we talked presidential pardons, so it's kind of the other side of the coin, the the negative that comes with some of the power that you have, there's also great responsibility. So why don't we talk first about what impeachment actually is and where it comes from? Well, impeachment, and this is a big question because people really, really don't understand that the word just means the charge is being brought. That's not someone actually being convicted of something. That's or kicked out of being office. kicked out of office. The word impeachment only means that a legislative body has brought a charge against a public official, and then a trial will ensue after that to find out if they should be removed from office. So they need to differentiate between what impeachment really means. So, and when we're talking about impeachment for most of the podcast, we're going to talk about the president getting impeached and how that process works. But where does it actually come from in our government today? Um, it's actually in the Constitution. The president, vice president, and civil officers of the United States can be removed from office on, and the term is impeachment, for convictions of treason, bribery, and high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, there's, I want to throw in a caveat here. When this was written in 1776, uh, I bet you high crimes and misdemeanors accounted for like 12 potential crimes total as opposed to what most people think is a crime and misdemeanor today. Especially because misdemeanors are the less serious crimes in in criminal courts today. So Normally the misdemeanors that they were talking about back then are uh, crimes of dishonesty. Right. Well, and it obviously does not have the same definition today because you can't be impeached uh, via a lot of misdemeanors in today's criminal statute. So did you want to say something? Yeah, well, I was going to say that this didn't originate with us. Right, but, it, but in, in our right. government today, right. it comes from the U.S. Constitution, Article 2, Section 4. So that's where impeachment actually comes from, the definitions that Pete just read. So where did it actually come from before that? Obviously, like everything else. It came from Great Britain because they had to establish a way in which the House of Commons could get rid of the king's ministers if the king's ministers had done something outrageous. And it doesn't have to be criminal, which you know we'll talk about, but it doesn't have to be criminal, just something really bad. Right. And it can be before criminal charges are actually brought. It can be, um, like he's saying, treason and high crimes and misdemeanors and different things that um, basically make you unworthy to continue in your seat in power or your position of power. And, and the definition really is very broad. The, in fact, in, in the United States, the U.S. Supreme Court pretty much says whatever the House of Representatives says, that's high crimes and misdemeanors. And that's why that that is so important to differentiate and say it's obviously not meaning all the misdemeanors that we talk about today in our criminal code, but it's just kind of a broad thing on purpose so that if the entire House of Representatives feels it's necessary to impeach the president, then it's enough to go forward on. 
and that's why it's scary because it's also very political because Always, the, the yeah. House of Representatives determines what is bad. Well, you know, who holds the majority probably makes that determination. It, but as we'll see, it hasn't been invoked that many times throughout our history. So no. while it may be political and it may be scary and there may be some uh, cause for corruption, it really has not been overused and they don't overreach with it a lot. No, but I, we'll, and we'll get there, but we'll get there. So let's start in the next point to show what is the impeachment process? How does a president get impeached? Okay, the process is pretty simple. If the House of Representatives comes together and votes that there is sufficient evidence, for lack of a better term, to make a determination that a that the president should be impeached, they vote. If they vote for impeachment, then it's simply the charges have been brought. Once the charges are brought from the House of Representatives, the case then switches over to the Senate, and the Senate pretty much acts as jury uh, in court and makes a determination whether the charges brought by the House of Representatives are sufficient enough to actually remove that person, the president, from power. The process is really very detailed in how they do it in the House. Uh, In the House, for instance, the House of Representatives, uh, the burden of proof is not like we see in crimes beyond a reasonable doubt. The burden of proof is whatever an individual House member believe it is. They just basically bring it forward and people vote on whatever they feel. That's right. It's not like in when you have a, a jury trial, you explain to them what the law is. They have to follow this law. They have to find beyond a reasonable doubt in a criminal case. They have to only consider the evidence that's brought before them. That's ruled by the rules of evidence. Certain things are inadmissible and don't come in. Those rules don't necessarily apply when the House is doing an investigation for impeachment. All right. There's no rules. Right. So what does that look like? What do you think that looks like from your knowledge, from research, from, you know, reading cases in the past where this has happened? Do they put in a special investigation? I I imagine, I mean, I haven't been around really or to know when a, a process like this has happened, but I would imagine something like when the Supreme Court justices are vetted and those types of hearings happen, it's probably similar to that. They have special investigators talk to witnesses if this if something like this pops up. They, you know, ask the person questions and things like that and and figure out exactly what's going on. They can appoint a special impeachment committee. Right. Or they can let the Judiciary Committee do it. Or they can let, for instance, maybe the Secretary of Agriculture is going to be impeached. They could have the Agriculture Committee do it. Um, We've had a lot of federal judges that have been impeached, and the Judiciary Committee did a lot of that. So they do an investigation. They've got the right to issue subpoenas. They've got the right to interview witnesses. And they present whatever they find to the full Senate for a vote. And again, so it's, it's important to focus Excuse on... I'm sorry, I said the Senate, full House to a vote. Okay, so uh, and it's important to talk about the distinction in the rules of evidence because people don't realize, and we've tried to really shed a lot of light on it in our podcast and going through all these criminal procedures and civil procedures, there's so much juries don't hear and see. And there's a reason for that because it may not be credible. So you're not allowed to hear uh, hearsay testimony where some guy said this at some point and we can't corroborate it. But in these types of hearings, they can talk about that and they can say, you know, there was this one guy that said this that one time. And so there's all sorts of evidence that may not be as credible that is taken into account. But these are also not necessarily considered lay people because they're all politicians. So they have some sort of knowledge of the situation and somewhat knowledge of the law since they're part of the legislative branch. Let me ask a question. George, do you know what the number is? How many? Uh, like a two thirds vote or is it something? Two thirds or super majority? The Senate is two thirds. The House this, is a majority. Okay, so the House is just majority, meaning 51%. 
and or 50.1%, whatever. Right. And then the Senate has to be a two-thirds vote to, right. to actually get to convict to actually, them. actually convict. And the uh, as we were talking about before, one of the things, and when you talked about pardons, how you said you started this by saying we covered pardons. Yeah. There's another constitutional provision saying the one pardon that a president can't do right. is impeachment. Right, which we've, we've talked about that before. Right. Yeah, once a president's been impeached, that can't be pardoned, but we'll talk about how there's workarounds for that. And and uh, but what's what's also important is in this timeline, when is a president or person considered impeached? So we've talked about first they do the investigation, they bring it to the House, the House votes, then the Senate you know puts on a trial for lack of a better word, and the Senate is the one that convict convicts or acquits. But somebody's actually considered impeached. Once the House votes. Right. It's so the indictment. The, right. Put it that way. The Senate does not have to convict for somebody to be impeached. That, that's right. And back to the House, we're talking about procedures. The procedures the House follows were written in 1801 by Thomas Jefferson. And they still follow the same procedures in the House. It's called the Jefferson Manual to impeach, just as they, they impeached all sorts of people back then, too. But... Again, a lot of impeachments, but very few actual convictions in the Senate. And in fact, for the for the presidential impeachments, there's never been a, a conviction by the Senate. That's correct. Okay, so so but there have been impeachments. So let's kind of move on to that next is how many presidents in the history of the United States have ever been impeached? Most people think it's three, but it's actually only two. Okay, and which two? Um, the first one was Andrew Johnson, and now we're talking 1865, 1860, something like that, right after the Civil War. And Johnson was impeached uh, for the, I guess, the fight that was going on about the reconstruction of the South. And Basically, they thought he was too soft and yeah. they didn't agree with him. Well, some... he was a Southerner. Right. And Lincoln got assassinated. The only reason Johnson became president is because Lincoln got assassinated. Right. And he was a Southerner. Right. So, so and that's, that's some things that he did with that is why he got impeached. And then the second one that got impeached was Bill Clinton, which is obviously a much more prominent story because of, you know, how he handled the Monica Lewinsky situation and his perjury and his obstruction of justice. Those were the crimes that he committed. And that's why he got impeached by the House. But did he actually get convicted by the Senate? No, he never he never got it was a 50 50 vote on one of the articles and a 45 55 on the other. So they never got two thirds. OK, why do you think that is? Is it just purely political because the Democratic people, the Democratic senators didn't want to convict him? If you want my explanation, my theory on this, yeah, he had a 70% approval rating. So if Clinton had a 70% approval rating, he was a powerful guy. And those legislators knew for re-election, he can go out there and get them elected. And so it didn't worry, you know, he wasn't worried uh, about that. He was so popular that even in, even when he was being impeached, when the House had the interim elections, Democrats picked up two seats in the House. Imagine that. You pick up two seats when your Democratic president is being impeached for perjury. But I guess, so then what is the point if, because it, it pretty much sounds like he admitted it afterwards as well, that he could have handled the Monica Lewinsky situation better, that he actually did lie, he did obstruct justice, he was not truthful in that investigation, so what is the point of the impeachment process then? I guess it's not really to, to determine whether or not they con- committed a crime, but instead whether or not they're fit to be president. That's really what the impeachment process is. He even got disbarred. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, he it's got this. to be a lawyer than an assistant yeah, president. Yeah, he yeah. got this barred. Uh, but no, the, the point of that process was it did shed light on the situation. It shed light. And frankly, it, it may have started a lot of what we see today in the Me Too movement is that when here was an intern and she was dominated by the, this president who took advantage of her. If I can be a little nonpartisan about it, I think impeachment is designed for a president that is a danger to the country for real, not a danger to appearances, not we don't so like So it's really whether candidate. or not they're fit to be president. Right. That's, that's really what impeachment is because it's not whether or not they commit crimes or whatever, high crimes or treason, because that was a clear situation where he did, but they still kept him in because he had 70% approval rating and most of the country thought he did a great job. And a lot of some people today think he's the best president ever. So I mean, because the economy was booming. He's the most popular Democratic campaigner out there. The people running for office love to have Clinton show up at their dinners and shake hands and drink a beer with these people. So he was technically impeached, even though he wasn't convicted. So those, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton, are the only two presidents to ever be impeached. Now, there was a couple close calls, and anybody that knows history, at least a bit of it, probably thought Richard Nixon was going to be on the list. But he didn't actually get impeached, and why is that? because he resigned from office. He is the exact opposite of Bill Clinton. He was so unpopular that he had like a two approval rating. So he had nowhere to go. He had no political uh, muscle uh, to, to pull in, no favors to ask. He was done. He resigned, it, therefore no impeachment. So he resigned before the impeachment process could go through into the House. Well, it did go in the House. I mean, it did go in the House, and it came, it got voted out of committee, the articles, but the full House never voted on right, it. Right, that's what I'm saying. So before it finished the process in the House, we never actually got impeached because it does need to get to the Senate for him to be right. impeached. So, so he resigned before that, meaning he wasn't going to be president anymore, and these crimes were coming with Watergate, right? And then it kind of overlaps into our pardon podcast, which we talked about as well already. We already talked about this, but that's why he was able to be pardoned because if he would have been impeached and convicted, he would not have been able to be pardoned for that. Well, I think, though, he didn't pardon himself. No, I know. I think the deal was kind of made uh, that the next guy who was vice president can become president. He's going to pardon Nixon. Right. And it's all going to go away. Right. That's what Gerald Ford did. Right. Right. That's what happened. Right. So to talk about another couple presidents, and some of them more recent than others, uh, that almost got impeached, um, a lot of people may have forgotten this or don't remember this. I mean, everybody knows that People think Trump, like Pete was talking about, is a danger to the presidency, to the country, and unfit to be president right now. So some people think he should be impeached or is close to being impeached um, with all the you know Mueller investigations and reports and all this stuff coming out. Um, so he's one that I guess you can consider as close to getting impeached, as well as Obama for the Benghazi situation. Um, he was almost impeached for that, for the handling. What? He almost got impeached because somebody, you know, remember the, the birther things. He wasn't born in the United States. There are actually some congressmen that were talking about impeaching him because they said he wasn't born in the United States. Talking about Obama. Yes. Right. So so both of them were technically almost impeached as well, but, but never got that well, far. Well, the point is, I think the country has gotten to the point where now impeachment is being used as part of the political process and not being used the way it was designed originally to really safeguard the country. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and it does seem like a political ploy. I mean, they've been talking about impeaching Trump 
since before he became president, and now he's starting to campaign again for his second presidency, and they're still talking about it, yet it's never gotten there in however many years. Which, frankly, isn't odd if you look at the history of this country. There have been an unreasonable number of almost impeached presidents. Sure, and and basically the almost impeachment, and you got to think about it. I mean, yes, there's a majority in the House and there's a majority in the Senate for whatever political party has the majority at any given time. So you're going to have half of the House almost at all times being of a different political party than the president. So there's always going to be almost impeachments when you only need a majority vote in the House to get impeached. Well, and if you look at Clinton, going back to his vote in the Senate, all the Democrats voted against convicting Clinton in the Senate, 100%. But a bunch of Republicans switched over and voted with the Democrats to prevent his impeachment. Right. So, so politics. And that's why, exactly. And politics and party line, and that's why we're all, we'll always be a two-party system. So it feels um, it feels like there's always going to be something like that that's going to be difficult to push through when you have half the room on your side. And there have been 10 presidents in the history of our country that have almost been impeached, just to give you an idea. All right. So so most of this was focused on impeachment and in that process, which mostly covers the House. But just to finish, we'll talk quickly about what the process is in the Senate, where they basically are the court and can either convict or acquit a president that's brought before them. If articles of impeachment are sent to the Senate from the House, the House sends four or five what are called House managers. They act as prosecutors. They go over to the Senate and they actually prosecute the case. Today, in the way they're doing these today, the full Senate isn't hearing everything. They have a committee on impeachment that does the witnesses, uh, gathers all the material, does all the subpoenas, and then they give all that material on a lump to the senators right. for the it's senators like a report, to vote. Basically. Right. And they can read through the report right. before they make their vote. Now, the also interesting thing in the Senate is if it's the president, the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court actually sits as the judge uh, that votes or not, doesn't vote, but actually rules on whether things are admissible or not admissible or whether they so can So they have their own not. rules, basically. Totally their own rules, but except the chief justice has to sit uh, up on top and run, the, and run the show. Okay, so that's basically the impeachment process beginning to end where it comes from and who it has affected in our history. Thanks for listening in, and we'll be back with you guys next time. <laughs>